Hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen. And thanks again for joining me. I love doing this. I love being a part of this community. So this past week has been uh, one that, you know, I've been catching up from a lot of actually kind of big things that's happened, that have happened. Um, I kind of, I overcame a an obstacle recently. It was something that I've been afraid of for a while. And I mean, like genuinely afraid of because it was going to be life changing. And I, I wish, I kind of wish I could get into the details, but that being said, I actually, I am choosing not to get into the details because I'm just not ready for it yet. I'm not ready for that vulnerability, but, um, it involved me kind of speaking my mind on a certain situation that I was feeling like, you know how, like you kind of are raised to really believe, uh, one thing and then when you get older you start to question why you believe that and then eventually you're you've gotten past the point where you keep where you keep questioning it and you just have to say all right well i i clearly see that there is a problem here i can't keep keep uh behaving in this way and i need to actually do something about this so then you have to act and that's kind of what happened to me I got to a point where I needed to be honest with myself I needed to be honest about who I wanted who I want to be I need to be honest and real about the direction that I want to head in and there is of course uh, a space for thought and thinking through your intentions and um, understanding why you believe what you are now starting to believe But then, you know, of course, there comes that point where you can just keep thinking about it, but you need to actually act. You have to actually make that change. And so that's what I did. And it was really, really scary. I felt like I was letting down a lot of people. And um, and then I kind of believed that I was letting down a lot of people for a week and a half, roughly. And that was um, really painful. It was really difficult and I don't regret it because it helped me start to really accept who I am and just love myself because I was doing something that I believed to be right not only for myself but for my family, for my husband and my children. So I had to do it and I had to learn how to to love myself and I had to learn how to comfort myself by myself, which I think is is necessary. I think that we really do need each other to comfort each other, but that comfort is not going to be effective if you're not going to accept it and if you're not going to try to carry that on to comforting yourself. Because, you know, of course you're not going to your things that you don't really believe are true are not they're not going to resonate with you and they're not going to make a change. So, um it was a really good lesson for me to learn how to be um, how to be there for myself. So that was ultimately such a good experience. And it ended up, um, it ended up going a lot better uh, in the end. I wouldn't say them really in the end right now, but so far it's actually now turned around and started to go better than I thought that it would, than I was prepared for. So that was just a really nice surprise. But um, yeah, you know, we're, uh, you know, I'm trying to improve myself. I'm trying to be really accountable to myself. 
and um, I, I need people to help me be accountable, yes, but I ultimately need to be accountable, accountable to myself because I need to not let myself down anymore and I need to I need to be able to trust myself so that I can actually understand what trust is what that means and how to trust other people and actually be able to figure out what people are trustworthy so that's been my experience over the past couple weeks um, so I got to do another podcast with Kristen and she, uh, I, I'm realizing now that the release dates are, are actually pretty close together, but her and I actually did have more of a space between each of our podcasts. Um, but I love talking with her. I think that she's just like really refreshing, really encouraging. She's just like this little, this like, not little, she's this beam of light that I really enjoy being around. And so we had a great conversation again. And I'm excited for all of you to have a listen to it. And if you're um, wondering how you can maybe help me out with this whole podcast thing, um, writing a review on iTunes or Facebook, even on my website, uh, optimisticallydepressed.com, that helps me a lot. And uh, if you can subscribe to the podcast, that also really helps me. Um, So yeah, go ahead and do that and I will be eternally grateful. So here is Kristen, enjoy. Hi. How's it going? Oh, so lovely. So happy to be back. I know. I'm so happy that you're back. <laughs> I know. You know, it's funny. It feels like, um, it feels simultaneously like it's been a while, mm-hmm. but also like it just happened. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. It's been it's a good. full October. It's been a full October. Yeah. And a quick October. Yes. I keep feeling like Halloween is still like next week. It's Thursday. It's Thursday. It's Monday today. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> That's right. Today's Monday. Um, just adjusting things a little bit here. <laughs> I think that's better. All right. So we've already started into like a great conversation. Yes. And so now it's kind of like, do you want to just like keep going and where we were talking or do you want to talk about something else like has anything been on your mind well it's been an interesting month in general yeah um I took October off of social media okay and I'm like (laughs) I don't know if I'm ever ready to go back Mm. like it's such a weird uh yeah at first it was kind of like I would go to that place in my phone where it is or I'd be thinking about like messages I'm getting or followers or unfollowers or yeah god forbid (laughs) um and and now I just don't care and I have I've had a really good month of like being very productive in the things that I'm actually doing and my intention really was to uh cultivate presence Mm. from the from getting off of like from de-stimulating myself that was like my idea I de-stimulate myself with without social media B 
be conscious about what I put in my body, what I'm reading, like everything. Like I, I wasn't even on Netflix. I wasn't even on YouTube. Like I really cut it out and I just, I've read so much. I've been reading a lot, which is really cool, which is really fun. And like it, that's my entertainment. And I like look forward to going home and reading, but. Oh, that's so cool. I know. And, and then halfway through the month I realized, okay, so we've been trying to like cultivate presence here and I'm noticing my lack of presence, you know, it was like all this time where I'm like, oh, yoga teacher, blah, 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 has her practice. But then there's so, there's so much time where I am just like taken right back into the, like taken into the external of my experience. Like I'm not like fully grounded in just being present in myself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've been thinking about that because I've been trying to be more grounded as well. And I've been realizing that I'm not like I get, I'm just so easily distracted. It's so easy to be distracted. (laughs) There's so many things that are, that are created for that very purpose. Literally everything. Like, I think that's why they even talk about like feng shui, like the way your room is set up, the Mm. spaces you're in, like that can be distracting. It's, and then social media and the internet, that is like a full on, yeah, there's, it's clear that that is a very big distraction. Yes. Um, and I mean, if you want to have your own business, it's so necessary. Oh, I know. I know that's the thing. We're, uh, so I don't know if we talked about it on the first one, but um, I host stillness retreats. I think that we touched on it a bit, but I don't think we really got into it. And I don't know if you said that you've, I feel like it's something we kind of addressed it a bit, but we certainly didn't get into it. No. And so we hosted our first retreat and um, it was in September and it was awesome. And so we're like in the process of booking our second retreat, which is exciting coming up in February. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I want to be part of it. Yes, it's going to be at Windhorse. It's going to be... Windhorse? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, I need to make a shout out to Alfred Bergeson right now because he's (laughs) um, such a huge fan of Windhorse. He's in the Halifax Social Network. He's on the team and he talks about... We we tease him about it. (laughs) He's he's just always there and talking about it. So anyway, okay, Alfred, I hear you. (laughs) Well, that's fair because Windhorse is like the... I don't know. There's something special about it. You get there and everything just falls apart, like falls into place. Mm. Um, so we're hosting our second retreat there in February. But uh, one thing was is that we were like, do we get a website? Like, you know, we're just on Facebook and Instagram right now. Okay. And yeah. now that we like have it where we're, we're booked, we have to start marketing it and getting it out there. I'm like, I'm not ready to go back on social media you know? Yep. And so I'm going to have to like learn how to navigate being on social media. Like I can go on just that platform. I don't have to go on to, um, or that account. I don't have to go on my own, you know, but it's still like, I want to like build a healthy relationship with it if I'm going to be using it because it is so, it's so powerful with like building a business and creating this community and I mean, with you guys and the Halifax Social Network, like you're just on 
social media, you yeah. know, and you've created this incredible community and this network of people just through these medians, you know? Yes. So it is like a interesting balance, but it's been so lovely to not be on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. I, um, I've never really been huge into social media until the last year because, uh, that's when I started optimistically depressed. And so I needed mm. to be, I needed to be present on social media before that I wasn't and it was this blissful ignorance I mean there was a lot of times that I'd be having conversations with people and they bring something up and I'd be like I have no idea what you're talking about but it was worth it like Mm. because it just wasn't it wasn't necessary for me and it was just not something that I was naturally drawn to Mm. but I also but then to say that to counter to counter that I would say when my depression was like really bad in a way, and I know that they say that social media contributes to the feeling of isolation when you're depressed, but for me, it actually helped me not feel so isolated. It helped me feel mm. a bit more connected with some people. I could kind of peer into their lives, have some conversations with them, and it helped me just kind of feel like there was part of me, at least, that was being heard, yeah. you know? So, yeah. I mean, and that just goes right back to what you were saying about creating a healthy relationship with it. Yeah. Yeah, because it really, like anything you could could be used for like good or evil, I guess. Right? Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) I love it. I like that. Mm -hmm. So it really is just like, how are you using it? Like where, or even what is your story around it? Kind of, right? Yeah, let's get into that. So if you like, let me think of an example that I've been thinking about. Uh, well, so with social media, like you can think it's like this horrible place, you know, it's like even our, I, my dad like doesn't believe in the internet, you know, (laughs) like he just doesn't. That's, he's like, why would you believe anything that you read on the internet? You know? (laughs) Right. Cause there are so many opinions and it's, you have to fact check and you have to know where your sources are coming from and you have to like trust it. And yeah. So he has a story around the internet that it's like nothing is true. Like it's all like I'm saying fake news, but he doesn't believe in that. You know, like (laughs) fake news, you know, like that's what he thinks the internet is. Mm -hmm. And he's like even just starting to like do online banking and like these types of little things, you know, like he just doesn't know. Like when we bring up things, he's like, oh, where'd you read that? You know? Yeah. He has a story around it, but then it's like. The, on the other side, a story of that the internet is like full of resources. Yes. Yeah. You can learn so much on the internet. Like there's so many pockets that like we haven't even begun to explore on the internet even. It's like as deep as the ocean. Like there's areas that you're, it's just like beyond your even grasp because you oh. have to dig and weed through it. So it's like, how you create a narrative around something can completely, completely change your experience of that thing. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I really like that. Um, I feel like that just speaks to so, so much of my experience, especially over the last, uh, I don't know if it's been, it's been a few months anyway, especially since I've started optimistically depressed because Mm. it has pushed me into having to recreate my story 
in a way, like uh, redefine it, look back on it and kind of say, well, um, all this time I've been looking at these experiences from the point of view of a victim, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to look at it that way anymore. I'm going to look at it um, from the point of view of a survivor or a warrior mm-hmm. or, um, you know, these experiences I just take. I've just realized that a lot is affected by the story that you tell yourself around yeah. that experience. Absolutely. And even like with mental health and depression, I notice the way, cause I, I feel the same, like where I used to be a very, like I played the victim and, mm-hmm. and I like tended to my suffering, you know, like it was comfortable to like feel so low and like feel sorry for yourself. Yes. It's, it's, it, I know. It's comfortable. <laughs> yes. It's so comfortable. It's familiar. Yes. yes. And you like really like it's that's the garden you're tending to is like that is where you're putting your attention and like where you're holding yourself. And I noticed when I talk to people, it can be like really uncomfortable to talk about the opposite because people hold such a strong narrative and strong like feeling surrounding their suffering and their like anxiety and depression and mental health that when you talk about that if you're able to shift how you like think about it that you could start to like relieve it you know that I I don't know I think it's 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 interesting because I I can't even speak too much about it I can just only speak about my experience really but I I really like see how people hold on to suffering yeah um and whether it's mental health or if it's like grief from losing somebody or if it's like it's we hold on to these things like they're gonna like protect us and save us but they're only holding us back from being able to be open into this moment and open into like what's happening at this time and it and it really just comes down to like yeah just what are you telling yourself like what what are you like rolling through your head Mm. and yeah I don't know it's uh I think we'll have to unpack it a little bit for sure yeah you know, and another thing that's interesting that I've just like thought I've thought about a lot is when, you know, you get to the point of holding on to something for too long that it starts to hurt you mm. when like there's there's a line that you cross from, you know, your example of somebody like losing someone, you grieve them and that's healthy. Yes. And but then where where does it start to be unhealthy? Where mm. do you start to actually use that as your crutch? Or is the, the thing that defines you and holds you back? Like, how does that, like, where is that transition? Mm. And I, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if there's actually an answer to that. I, yeah. I wonder if that's something that each of us needs to just be aware of and try to identify for ourselves. Yeah. Well, and it is going to be different for everybody because everybody grieves and processes their emotions differently. And yeah. And I think at a certain point, it turns into like turns away from grief and turns into this like victim like playing where you're like they're gone and I can't move on without them and Mm. it's like no they're they have that's what's happened 
but now you have the opportunity to like embrace this moment and move forward. And, and I think that's where it gets comfortable holding. It's almost like a comfortable feeling and like holding ourselves back and not actually living our true potential because yeah. that's scary like that's scary to actually like step into who you are yes in oh, the world yeah oh my gosh right and like what you're capable of is terrifying to actually like take the steps towards that and so it's easy to like s- like hold ourselves back and mm-hmm. pl- and like play small and not yes and play small mm-hmm. and the thing that you were saying um wh- when you were talking about their like yeah you're holding on to them and like i can't move on without them it makes so what i was kind of thinking was maybe it's um you go from like you hold on to their loss instead of holding on to them yes because maybe mm. holding on to them, that's okay. Like, that's different. That's good. Yes. Because it's like, they've obviously made a huge impact on your life. Yeah. And you need to be able to carry them up forward with you. But it's more what they have what they are to you and the pieces of them that just, you know, with each person that we encounter, there's going to be a piece of them that that just breaks off and becomes a part of us. Yeah. Because we all influence each other. And so you do carry pieces of everybody that you meet along with you. And sometimes um, you're going to have larger pieces of other people. Like, for example, my grandmother, which I talk about her all the time. And that's because I've just carried a huge, I have this huge piece of her with me. Totally. And there was a long time that I held on to her loss. And that was what I allowed to define me. And now I'm trying to work on holding on to the piece of her, that large piece of her that I absolutely admire, adore, um, and using that as my strength. Yeah. And then helping, and that helps me kind of step into who I am though, because then there's like that piece of her that was so loving and accepting of who I was and, and wanting me to be who I was. So it's like I can kind of use that as a as a strength as well and knowing, recognizing what's me and how I, who I want to be and stepping into that. But it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's true. Like you get to hold on to their memory and like your memory that you had with them. And like it's more of like a celebration, you know? And I think that's where like <laughs> I'm very like with my family. I'm like if anything ever happens to me, like – please celebrate my life and our life together. Like, Mm. please like go through the process of that. I'm not there anymore, but like also just celebrate me and celebrate us. Cause it's like one of those things where it's like, this thing has happened and this has changed and change is constant. And it's like, how do we bounce back or like, how can we take that and move forward? You know, how can we grow from this? Like how it's kind of like changing your mindset from like victim in all situations to like, how can I grow in this situation? How can this be an opportunity to expand, to move forward, to just open up in general? Mm, Yeah. It's like instead of letting life happen to you, you work with life. Yeah. Because it's happening it's happening. Life is happening Life and it's is happening, yeah. And it consists of loss and it consists of grief and it consists of 
depression and stress and all of these things. Mm-hmm. It, but it also it also consists of joy and love and laughter and it's literally how do you show up for yourself when the world like throughout your day throughout your week throughout your life you know mm-hmm. it's how do you show up for yourself and mm-hmm. it takes a lot of responsibility to like show up for yourself in a way that y- i think it's only because we've been kind of taught the opposite like i really don't think it's any different to like play the victim or play the like hero like i really don't think it's a, but we have been like trained to come together and be like, how are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm tired today. It's like, oh, me too. Like, here's how much more tired I am. You know, it's like this constant, like, jumping off of each other about the shit that we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, wh- like, how, it's not a big deal, you know? Like, we can, we can build these new habits and these new ways of thinking and this new, like, expansive life for ourselves the same as like the opposite. I believe like it's no different building a negative habit as it is a positive habit. Like I think they're all on a level level ground. I think that you are right. I you know and that's interesting that has me thinking about how like I want to be I want to be really honest about how we're doing and um mm. it's I think I, I think that I'm understanding what you're saying here. Correct me if, if I'm wrong. Right. But um, it's like there's a there you need to acknowledge how you're doing. Mm-hmm. But then um, but then it kind of goes back to what we were talking about a little earlier about holding on to that feeling or working with it. And um, it's like it's kind of like recognizing that crossover again. Mm where you're acknowledging what's going on yeah, and then also figuring out how to work with what's going on. Yeah. Like just like sitting with it, acknowledging it, observing it, like being present for what it is in the moment, but knowing it always passes. Like things, yeah. things do pass without us having the need to like attach ourselves to it. Um. So like when we work with it, when we work, when we like talk about like working with like the way things are, I think it's just like, like you said, acknowledging it and being present with how we're feeling and being honest with how we're feeling and what's going on. But knowing even like our feelings are like also kind of outside of ourselves. Like we can attach ourselves to feelings. We can attach ourselves to emotions, to thoughts. Like it's all kind of like it's... I am feeling this thing. I am like a feeling this emotion or whatever. It's it's still kind of like outside of ourselves. Like it's not true to who we actually are at our center, at our core when we're just like present. And I think this is like a a big topic, but it's it's it like it's always changing it's always fluctuating like one day to the other like today I woke up and my energy is a little bit down and it's just based on the time of my month you know like it's like it's always shifting and and I kind of like track it a little bit and acknowledge that okay well this is what I feel like today and I'm gonna be okay with that 
Mm. And I can handle that. Like I can handle whatever shows up. Like I'm still breathing. I'm still here. Mm. And then letting it. Um, then tomorrow when I wake up, maybe I'll feel different and maybe I'll be able to. Or even like it's like when we're feeling sick and you want to like just charge through it and pretend like you're not sick. Yeah. And then you get more sick. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then yeah. instead of like taking the rest you need hydrating like doing what you need to do in that moment and letting it pass because that shows up like sickness shows up illness shows up like um loss shows up change shows up and it's Mm. and if you like don't acknowledge it I don't know but it's also one of those things where sometimes you can like something can I don't know maybe that's like repressing or suppressing things if you don't acknowledge it it's 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 interesting. I I find that you've run into this uh, beautiful problem that we have <laughs> where everything contradicts itself. Yeah. So you're constantly um, trying to, like, I think that one of the main focuses of our lives is trying to identify an area that needs work, yeah. working on it, and then while we're working on it another area is breaking down yeah and and you think that you make sense of one thing (laughs) and then uh but then you find another kink and you're like wait that doesn't make any sense because then if you don't do that or if you do that then that happens and that and then you have to deal with that differently and it's so common yeah it's like silical, silical, like, I don't Psychical? know. Psych- yeah, it's just like all, you always keep coming back to the same thing. But like you until you like learn what you need to or whatever, you you'll like continue to learn or like it will land differently. You know, like you could read the same book for like four years in the in a row. Yes. And every single year you're going to like notice something different or it's going to resonate in a different way. And it's the same with like these like core things. So like, like even coming back to this common thing that we share with like body image and um, like eating disorders, it's like, this is something that we've lived with and we live with. And it's always something that we're, we have to like acknowledge and it's always shifting and it's, I mean, as as long as we're both like conscious of what it is and like acknowledging what how we react to the situation or respond to the situation when it shows up, like I just like keep getting better and better where I like I keep growing from the situation. Yeah. You know, it it doesn't hold me back the same as it used to. Yes. And I wonder I've been thinking a lot lately about what resilience is. And I Mm. think that 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 process is what develops it. Cool. Yes. Resilience. Yes. And that's gorgeous. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I think that another huge thing, I think that when we recognize that uh, things are always going to be sloppy and (laughs) broken and not make sense. And, and that's, that is normal. Like that's part of the process. Yeah. And, it is acceptable. Yeah. Then that all of a sudden frees up a huge part of our minds because it's like, 
all this energy that you're throwing into these contradictions, you're kind of like, oh, well, no, those contradictions are supposed to be there. They make, they make, they make sense in that they don't make sense. That's perfectly fine. Let's and I don't have to make exactly sense of it. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, all of a sudden you're just kind of like, oh, okay, I'm playing a different game than I thought I was. This yeah. is good. Yeah. It really is. And I just like, I love life. I really do. Like, I love my life. I love living life. I love like every single day there's something like I can always go home and be like, wow, this small little thing like made a difference in my day. And I'm like, I don't believe that any of us are like not able to find that, you know, like we're all brought here. We're all these like beautiful human beings who are breathing and alive. It's like, we can live all meaningful lives. You know, we don't have to attach oh. ourselves to the stories. We don't have to hold ourselves back. Like we really can be open and, and expansive to whatever shows up. Mm. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh. I love that. And you know, how nice is it to sit with somebody and like, I like to hear you say like, I love my life. Mm. That's so great. Like it, you saying that makes me just so happy because <laughs> it's like, oh, like, look, somebody like you're just you're just like, yeah, I, I love my life. Like, that's so nice. Yeah. You know? And I can honestly say I love my life, too. Yes. Like, I really do. And I have like these really dark periods where mm. I'm like, I can't do this. And I want to like, I want to just be still. Mm. and not exist for a while yes and i think that that's perfectly perfectly acceptable but yeah um but then uh if i kind of stop and i look really if i really look it's like oh my gosh i love my life my house is a mess <laughs> and um it's not really that bad oh thanks <laughs> oh that's really nice um, I don't, I can't chalk it up to just poor housekeeping. It's, it, my house just kind of lives without me. And I try to keep some things in order, but I have three kids that run around and they enjoy themselves. They enjoy what's in the house and they, they make messes and they eat, eat food on the couch. Even though I tell them like 8,000 times, don't <laughs> eat food on the couch and there are crumbs everywhere, but it's because they have yummy snacks in their belly and I have handprints on the wall and it's because I have little kids in the house that don't know that you shouldn't touch the wall because <laughs> it leaves handprints on the wall and and that's okay and I have these like drips of drinks and whatever that they've spilled and it's just everywhere and um it's because like the house is this beautiful container of life yeah you know like everything that's in it and on some days um lately a lot of days I'm just like ah anymore like it's just I can't like there's just always laundry that needs to be done and there are always yeah. the floor doesn't matter how many times I vacuum or sweep it's always a mess and um but yeah it and it's true and it can be really frustrating especially when I have people over because it's just like please don't think that I'm just a slob yeah and mm. um but it's kind of like when we can start to kind of recognize that um that is a result of some great beauty yeah yeah then it's kind of like oh, okay well I guess it's not so bad yes and then when you um decide to 
hire a cleaner <laughs> like I've done and she's coming tomorrow for the first time and I'm so so excited and also extremely motivated to start making more money so that I can continue having a cleaner come in but um it's nice yeah <laughs> it's like it just kind of a I don't know. I don't I don't know exactly where I was going with that. I think that a lot of it is like I used to have a lot of shame with the idea of hiring a cleaner cuz it's right. like, well why can't you take care of your own stuff? But uh, it's just kind of like, well, yes. like I uh, I'm taking care of a lot of other stuff. Totally. And I'm choosing that that's going to be something that I'm not going to take care of as much and I'm choosing to use money that I would otherwise spend on this stuff. Uh, like going out and going out to a cafe every day to try to work outside the house so I'm not distracted by the mess. Mm. I'm going to not use that money there and instead use that money to pay somebody to come in and clean my house. <laughs> and I mean, three kids is a lot. <laughs> three kids is a lot. <laughs> and a partner and yourself. Like it's, um, I don't even know in science there's a term or it's a law or something. It's entropy. And mm. it is like, Basically, that things are in constant disorder and chaos, like the universe is in constant disorder and chaos, like among this, like what we think is like, oh, the planets are all spinning around in this perfect. It's like really, it's not supposed to, nothing's supposed to be like linear or perfect. You know, it's like we live in this constant state where things are always changing and shifting and things become messy, you know, like our lives can become messy, you know, and it's, it's, it's all happening around us. Oh. And, uh, I, it's funny, a book I'm reading it, it, there, it's come up a couple of times, but I remember in high school learning about it in chemistry and our teacher being like, yeah, you can go home and uh, tell your parents, you can tell your parents that, uh, <laughs> Oh, I can't keep my room clean because of entropy, you know? <laughs> like I, I love it. Yes. My dog is chewing a shoe. Hold on a second. I got to grab it cuz I don't like that entropy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's certain entropy that I just can yeah. control. <laughs> that I can control and I deny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and that's like a form of self-care is like doing that for yourself, you know? Like being able to the fact that you're able to hire a cleaner and that you want to do that for yourself and do because it's going to not even for yourself, it's for your whole family and it's going to shift the way your whole family lives. And like, I think my biggest thing I want to like share is like this radical self-love, like, you know, like do like love yourself, like love your life, like love do things for yourself that are going to make you like feel, I don't know, like it's like also you don't need the external things, but like if it creates some sort of peace of mind, like I have no problem ever just being like, yeah, I'm going to buy myself lunch, you know, mm. like I never think about money. I'm like, okay, money comes, money goes, but like I'm going to do this thing that's going to help me to be able to like push in a direction that I want to be moving in. Mm, yeah, it's taking care of yourself. Yeah. And it's funny because like we can talk to somebody else and be like, you need to take care of yourself. And in your head, you're thinking like, if I could take care of you, these are the things that I would do. I mm. would um, help make sure that your house is in order so that you can think clearly. I would help 
you know, with these like daily tasks and all that kind of thing, because it's like you are so deserving and you need to take care of yourself so that, you know, you can be uh, happy and like and fulfilled and so that you can use that energy that's being that's being saved up from not having to take care of all these other things to create a a world that you want to see your children live in and um but then when it comes to ourselves we're like well how dare I do these extra things for me when I could be doing these things for somebody else Mm. and we have this guilt that kind of comes along with it but we do need to take care of ourselves so that we can put out into the world what we want to see the world become yeah like so that we can take like I mean everybody I think probably is pretty sick of the saying uh, I'm I was gonna say it too but yes go ahead go ahead (laughs) no no say it say it well you have to love yourself before you can like well, this is what I was thinking was you have to love yourself before you love others, yes. before you're taking care of others, before you do anything like even you can't change the world without changing yourself first, like without changing your world first. Yes. And that comes down to like the internal, like, yes, the external is great to be like able to hire a cleaner and like bring yourself out for lunch and do have a nice bath. And then it like moves inwards to back to what are the stories you're telling yourself? Like, how are you, what are you saying to yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror? Like, Mm. how are you even like, are you noticing when you are putting guilt on yourself or shame or you're thinking like apathetically, you know, it's like, it's cleaning all that stuff out so that we like can actually really tend Mm-hmm. And I think like for so mm-hmm. long, I just, I really worked on all of that. Like I worked on loving myself. Like I, I w- just did everything I could and like spent time with myself and just really focused on loving myself where I feel like I'm at a point where I'm like, cool, I'm ready. I, I feel like I can actually give back now. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I can actually reach my arms out and hold space for people and it wasn't and this is not something that like I could do five years ago Mm -hmm. and it was one of those things where like even if I was doing it I wasn't taking care of myself you know like you know how people do that where they they don't want to take care of themselves but they're there to like go above and beyond for everybody else yeah where it's like I feel like I'm actually in a place where I like get it like I get this radical self-love and I'm like, all right, how can I help everybody else like figure this out? How can I like hold space for other people to like come up to this point where like it doesn't matter what shows up in your life, like things happen and you're able to like, it's able to like pass through you much easier. Like I notice that like my bounce back is like way quicker than it's ever been. I think that's an excellent point right there. It's like it allows you to be more effective because you bounce back quicker. Mm. So when those big things happen, you're going to be the person that other people can lean on. Yeah. And it's because you've learned how to take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, I've always been, and I think empathetic people, they, like, I'm sure you know that, like, 
people come to you anyways. Like people are always coming to you. Like my whole life, I was kind of like I held space for people. Yeah. But I, I was, I was doing it like almost without boundaries, yes. so that I was, yeah. I was being drawn right into it. Yeah. And, and now it's like I can hold space without having to take on other people's shit. Yes. And actually be able to like be present for somebody if they need help or even beyond that like if people come to you like beyond where I'm just like how can I help like how can I expand my grasp Mm. like even with yoga I'm like okay yoga is a beautiful place a beautiful practice and I love that people come and after 60 minutes they leave like with their yoga glow and they feel so good and I'm Mm -hmm. like cool like I helped lead you there I'm like, how can I expand that grasp, like, beyond people who have the accessibility and privilege of going to a yoga class, you know? Like, because that's not available for everybody. Right, yeah. And so it's like, I feel ready to, like, volunteer my time in other ways and just, like... That's so amazing. Do other things that are going to be able to, like, reach other people. And it took truly this radical self-love and acceptance Mm. of myself and whatever the heck's happening around me mm-hmm. for me to like be able to get there. I love that. Um, the thing that you said about boundaries too, that's something that I've been, that I've always struggled with. And I am thinking like back on some of my most effective relationships mm. and my most effective relationships are ones that have very clear boundaries yeah like the clearer the boundary the more effective the relationship it seems because it's kind of like you just know that there are certain things you that just won't fly with this other person and it gives uh it kind of puts in uh respect for them Mm. and it helps you know that the person like when you're with them and you're talking with them it's like I know right now that this is valuable and something I can really treasure because we're we've purposely set aside this time to be together to talk Mm -hmm. and we can uh it's like there's no no more of that like that fear of someone just kind of getting sick and walking away like sick of you walking away kind of goes away because you're like no they're not going to get sick of me and walk away because they've we've built yeah boundaries to make it so that doesn't happen yeah and with with like that comes a good foundation of like open communication yeah right yes that's where I think that's where I was trying to kind of go, but I got lost along the way. That's what it is. Yeah. It opens up open. It opens up the pathway for clear communication. Yeah. And honesty. And I think with relationships, like you have to, like once you hold something in about because somebody did something like upset you, you just like it builds up in you where you feel it in your body like I notice things in my body where I have to like if something somebody said something to me that wasn't okay I just feel it like circulate in my body and then I have to be like you know what that wasn't okay that you said that thing Mm. um and not be like 
oh, like you made me feel this way. It's like, no, like it just, that's not okay. Like if, if we're going to have like a clear and good relationships, like you can't talk to me like that. Mm. And then that person has to choose whether they like listen or not. But you're right. Like it, it only just builds itself up when you're able to have these honest conversations with people and people can be like, um, mature enough to listen and yeah and I think yeah maturity has a lot to do with it I have one relationship with a friend that was um like at the beginning they did put up some really strict boundaries and I had and I had a hard time with it because it was like what like do you not love me Mm. enough to just let me in all the time kind of thing yeah and then but that's when I really learned first of all that there were parts that I just needed to mature in like areas I needed to mature in yeah and that um this person wasn't doing that because they didn't love me they were doing it because they did love me and they wanted to to set up a relationship that will be successful like that will be lasting yeah and more impactful yeah so I mean I've been on the receiving end of somebody else putting up those boundaries and it it doesn't it's not comfortable yeah and um and it's hard to set boundaries yourself it's really hard to set like boundaries both sides of it yeah and I think that being able to experience the relationship with a person who set up those boundaries has helped me understand and respect the need for boundaries and it's made me more courageous so that I can even though I feel uncomfortable, start to set up those boundaries anyway. And I mean, I'm saying that and I have been better at doing it in in some areas, but there are still some like really big areas that I still need to set up those boundaries and it's just really difficult. But yeah. I'm not um, I'm not at a place where I feel like it's just not going to happen and I just have to be this way in that relationship. Yeah. Now I'm in the part where I can see that it is necessary and I'm working on figuring it out and basically building up the courage to do it. (laughs) Well, and it's kind of back to that like silical idea is that you start with these smaller boundaries and then you come back and then you get better at making the boundaries and better and better and then eventually get to do the big stuff. Yeah. You know, and it's the same with like being able to let things like pass through you. Like you start with like being in traffic and allowing it to not phase you. To be like, oh, I'm just in traffic, like me beeping my horn at this person or getting mad at that they like cut me off is not going to change the situation. Like, yeah. How do I sit in the situation? It's like, OK, I'm patient. It's happening. This is just what it is. And then you can go to the bigger things. Yeah. Where you're like in relationships or you're you've lost someone or you're feeling a certain way and you're like, OK, I'm just going to be patient. I can hold through this like I can I can do this. Yeah. And. I think that another thing that's held me back a lot in the past is like I'm a perfectionist. Mm, And so I'm kind of like, if I can't do this perfectly, then there's no point in doing it. And that's just not true. No. And so I've recently learned that. And it's funny because you hear it all the time, but you you learn it. You finally learn it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it will land finally. It will finally (laughs) land. And um, so one thing that I'm finally starting to learn is that I'm the purpose is to do things poorly because you're like just to understand first time I'm doing this 
Yeah. Second time I do this, like yeah. third time. Yeah. It's just going to, I'm going to do it fairly poorly the first time and probably the second, third time, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But there is going to be like, that's just how you do it. Like, yeah. You just, you just do it poorly. Yeah. And then eventually you do it a little bit better and it becomes more familiar. Well, and how boring would life be if we just like were successful at every single thing that we did right off the bat? Yeah. You know, and there's no growth. Like, and I feel like a lot of happiness comes from progress. So it's like we Mm. were shitty at this at the beginning, but then we got a little bit better. Yeah. And then better, you know, and it's like, and now look at me. Like you're able to like look at your journey. Like, you know, they say like, oh, the destination isn't. We are like pulling cliche out of cliche out of cliche. But it's true. Like, yeah, like it is a journey and and you're going to fall and you kind of need to because life, like life, that is life. Like that is what it's about. It's not about just like succeeding because then it's over. Yeah, I was actually just reading again. I was just reading this morning and I don't know where I was reading it, Um, but Honestly, it was probably on Instagram. (laughs) Um, But it was talking about how uh, Olympians, Mm. a lot of the times when they come back, not all, this doesn't happen with everyone, but with some Olympians, they return from the Olympics and they plummet into depression. And it's because they've all of a sudden, oh, it wasn't on Instagram. I was reading something. I was in a book. Anyway, um... They return and they've all of a sudden like achieved that one goal that they were working towards and they don't have anything like they've hit that. Yeah. That success or whatever. Yeah. And if they don't have something else that they have in progress, there's this pointlessness. Yeah. And they like they get really depressed. And so if things just came to you naturally all the time, if you did things perfectly the first time all the time, you're, you're not going to be happy. Like you're going to feel really empty and aimless because it's like, well, I'm not working towards anything. Like I'm not. Yeah. Well, and progressing. I think that's why like super, a lot of, well, a lot of like really successful or people who've made a lot of money, like end up being like, you know, it's not the money that like, that didn't make me happy. Like I thought it was going to make me happy being like super successful. Yeah. But it is about like these little moments where you get like you, you grow and you progress in something and that's where you like get those little like bursts of like, ha, like, like a little aha moments. Like Mm -hmm. I noticed even with teaching yoga, like it came pretty naturally like teaching that, but it's, there's so much that I'm learning and that I'm getting feedback on. And I, and that's been another thing is like trying to like embrace feedback, you know? Yeah. Like, and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I can use this to grow or I can use this to like expand my, my teaching. And, and I get this feeling before classes that I have to like be super prepared and like, I have to go to bed super early and just like, not like just be like I'm a perfectionist as well and like I have to be perfect before it you know so that I'm in my zone and the more I've been teaching the more I'm able to like kind of let that go and how it has let go because I've just been like 
practicing teaching and doing it so often. Mm. And, and it kind of, I'm just like, I come back to the moment and I notice that I'm overthinking it and then I'm overthinking and I want it to be perfect. And I'm like, Oh no, I have to like rush to yoga. I'm not, I'm not going to be in my yoga zone. Da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, no, like be yourself out there. Whatever shows up like does and like do your best, but like, it's not going to be perfect. It's, it's all, there's always going to be room for you to grow. And I think if I was to just like come out of training and be the number one teacher, like who do I think I am? You know, mm. it's uh, everything we do. We're just constantly growing and learning. And that's that, that pattern of just, we come back to these things and we get better and we feel better about it. And so I think also on the flip side of like being apathetic or shame or guilt or depression or whatever, there's there's not much progression in that, you know, like mm-hmm. where it's kind of like a shriveling up instead of like an opening up. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you notice in your body, like when I, I feel like I close up like physically mm-hmm. when I am feeling those emotions or when I'm feeling yeah. down. Oh, th- yeah, that makes sense. Right. You either want to curl up or be in your bed or just like heads down, shoulders are shrunk, like where it's like growth is and like happiness or peace of mind or ease or being relaxed in a situation is about like expanding, you know, mm. and like being open and receptive and growing. And I find when I am like feeling confident, Mm -hmm. I am like firmly planted into the earth, like standing tall, like, and I don't know if this, like this definitely like really connects in with yoga and how um, the practice, like with my practice and like being familiar with, very familiar with my body. Mm. But it is like you open, you can, you open up and growth is about expanding and growth is about like be like be, being just like taking just one more step, you know, forward, mm-hmm. just taking a step forward. It doesn't have to be huge, mm-hmm. but it's just about taking a step forward. And I think, yeah. yeah, I think we're capable of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're capable of a lot more than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. And of course we don't give ourselves credit for being quite capable because that's really scary. Yeah. And we lo- yeah. are scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like when I look at myself and I look at what I am, I actually find that I am a very scary person. Yeah. And I think that's true for all of us. If we actually look at what's inside, you're like, oh, I terrify me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see her <laughs> Ruth's face so you can't see it but the way she like looked off into the corner and her <laughs> eyes widened it was like I terrify myself <laughs> yes <laughs> fair <laughs> fair and that's the thing we just we get to like we have the opportunity to be able to clean that shit out mm. so that we don't terrify ourselves so yeah. that we're like Oh, 
it's a little sweetie in there. Just yeah, like okay. <laughs> yeah. I am soft. I am a little soft. <laughs> Same. Yeah. And by a little soft, I mean very soft, but also really, really scary. And we all are. And yeah. that's why you don't want to look at yourself because it's There's a lot of dark shit in there. Yeah. Like there's some dark. cleaning to do. There's some cleaning to do. You gotta get some of that dirt out. Yep. Yep. But it's possible. It's so possible. If like I think that's like one of the things I always like tried to like I I would see people and I mean I don't know what people are going through but like I'll see people and I'm um more so in the past where I'd be like I just want to shake them because they I don't think they understand how much they're like holding themselves back from yeah. like the stories they're telling and the things that they think and say yeah and but then I'm like you can't do that. Like, you can't, you know, people have to be ready to be able to grow. Yes. People have to be willing to want to love themselves and willing to want to try, you know? And so that's where I'm just like, okay, now I just get to, like, open my arms and, like, like open the conversation up even so that people can, if they're if they want to learn more, if they want to love more, then then it's possible and there are outlets and people that they can come to and talk mm-hmm. to and you can't shake people out of it, but people can shake themselves. Yeah. 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 And I think that's why we end up repeating ourselves so often because we just can't like the way that we all operate is we're just not going to learn something the first time around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so exactly. <hence> cliches. <laughs> yeah. People have to say it over and over again for it to actually sink in. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then, it, and then it's funny because then the, all of a sudden it becomes ineffective because people are like, Oh, it's such a cliche that they don't pay attention to what it's actually saying. And then like, yeah, totally. And there's that contradiction again, yeah. like that we just always live in. Yes. Um, and side note, if any of you have heard little squeaks in the background, that's because Picard is playing with one of his toys. <laughs> he's, he's wild today. He's <laughs> wild today. Um, we're nearing the end now. And usually at the end of the podcast, the first time around, I ask what it looks to you to be mentally healthy. Um, I still haven't decided what I how I like to end the second round with a person, which is funny because I've had repeats a few times now, but I'm just going to do this poorly. Ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> take some of my advice and do this poorly. Yeah. Um, so do you have any final thoughts that you w- want to just get out there? Mm, I guess just take your time. Oh, yes. Take your time. Yeah, there's no rush. We no. got, we all have like different paths, different things that we are learning, things that um, we want to learn. But if we can just like, just be patient with ourselves. Yeah. Then there's, there's room to grow. Yeah. 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 Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. And mm. if you want to take care of yourself, find some stillness, find some silence. Um, my friend Ashley Boone and myself uh, host Stillness Retreats. It's HFX Stillness Retreats. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram. We'll be hosting our retreat February 14th to 16th, two Ooh. nights at Windhorse. 
Oh my gosh. All beautifully catered by conscious catering or beautiful vegan food. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. So I hope you can join. Amazing. I want to join. Please do. I'm currently thinking like, okay, how am I going to get a babysitter? Because I want it. I want... Is it for girls and guys? Like anybody? Oh, everybody. Anybody, please. Okay, yeah. So, because I'm thinking like it'd be cool if Sean and I could go. Yes! Send the kids to grandma's. Send the kids to grandma's. Grandma and grandpa, you're okay with spending Valentine's Day with your your grandkids, right? Actually, they probably would be. Right? So, this is (laughs) radical self-love is like going to the stillness retreat for sure. Yes. I like it. I love it. That's so cool. I like talking with you. I think that you're just really smart and um, insightful. And I just, uh, I enjoy these talks. So thanks. Thank you. I appreciate you. Oh, thanks. Um, Everybody that's listening, I appreciate you too. And I hope that this has helped you feel a little bit more normal, as is the goal for what I do. (laughs) So... Um, just know that wherever you are, Chris and I are sitting here loving you and have a great morning, evening, afternoon, night. We will be talking to you again soon. Thank you.